This investigation brought down the nationals, the sitting national security advisor of the Trump administration. And it, was, and it brought him down on the basis of a lie that he told to the FBI about a totally innocuous thing. He told them about something that they, about information that they had in front of them on the basis of an intercept. Right? It's not like he had hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars in his freezer, which he'd been handed by Kislyak, and he lied about that. That would, you ask me where my red line is, that would bother me. He made a, an absolute innocuous lie of the kind that people in the workplace and in, and in government make all the time. Do you think that Hillary Clinton told the full truth about the, uh, to the FBI about her emails when she was being investigated? I'm Benjamin Wittes, and this is the Lawfare Podcast, January 6, 2018. It's part two of my conversation with Hudson Institute scholar Mike Duran, former Bush White House and Defense Department official and one of the few Washington foreign policy and national security experts who is vocally supportive of President Trump and dismissive of the Trump-Russia allegations. This podcast won't make a lot of sense if you haven't listened to the first part of the conversation, so I urge you to go back and listen first to that one, wherein we talk about Duran's more general attitudes toward Trump, the Never Trumpers, and the Russia probe. In this part, Mike and I talk specifically about the investigation, how he understands the Mueller probe, the behavior of the FBI, the Steele dossier, and the performance of the Justice Department leadership. It's the Lawfare Podcast, episode 274, Through the Looking Glass with Mike Duran, part two. Is your contention that if the FBI used the Steele dossier or material in it. They wouldn't have used the dossier itself. But if material that came to them through uh, Chris Steele uh, and then uh, developed uh, investigative material out of that, that there's something wrong with that? Absolutely. What's wrong with that? You're suggesting that Chris Steele is some kind of um, neutral collector of information no, that he's no, just passing I'm, on as a, right? Let, let, this let, is information that was, this is, this is information that was bought and paid for in order to tear down Trump, right? And in the middle of a hard-fought, of, of a very contentious presidential election, Lady Justice, with her, with her eyes closed, has to be very, very careful before, before grabbing hold of something like that and launching an investigation on the basis of it. There are two, there are two things. You know, when I, when I worked in the White House, I got, uh, what's the name of the... George W. Bush's ethics advisor, I can't remember. Richard Painter? Richard Painter, right? Richard Painter, who's now, you know, uh, emotionally anti-Trump. He uh, used to call us into, uh, into the auditorium in the old executive office building about every six months and give us a lecture about governmental ethics. And it's something I took home, uh, I took to heart. She said, you're in a position where you have to behave ethically and you have to behave in a manner that appears ethical. And it, the appearance of impropriety is an unethical behavior, right? So we're, this, is what we're, this is what we're dealing with with the FBI. They have, to do, they, have to have, they have to have done things according to the book and in a way that appeared according to the book. And I think that at the very least, they failed to do it in, in a manner that appeared according to the book. But and, that's, that's at the very least. And so what follows from that in your view? So if it, let, let's assume for a minute that some part of the roots of some part of this investigation, and we know it doesn't all come from Steele because the investigation was opened back in July as an original matter. Um, By the way, how do you know July? Because Comey testified that in March of, ah, okay. uh, of uh, that that there has been an investigation since since July of 2016, mm. um, and he disclosed the scope of that investigation, which is now essentially the scope of the Mueller investigation. Um, so, assuming if you're right that some portion of some information that comes from Chris Steele feeds into that investigation. Um, does that mean that the investigation, the subject of the investigation, has no merit? Well, first of all, we need to know, right? Here's the interesting thing. 
there's a massive information campaign launched by the Obama administration round about December 1 to paint Trump as Putin's puppet, right? And we can get to that in a, in, in, in a bit. Jim Clapper comes out and goes on Meet the Press or one of the Sunday morning shows and says there's no evidence of Trump-Putin collusion. No evidence, right? And then he also tells us something else, that, there's a, that, there's no, uh, that there was no wiretapping of the Trump campaign, right? Which we now know is not true, right? So he tells us that there's no evidence. And all the error for a second, for one day, went out of the Trump-Putin collusion thing. Because you thought they made so much noise about this. There was enough evidence to launch an investigation and so on and so forth. Well, he, Clapper didn't uh, deny that. But there was all this noise about this. And then, and then Clapper told us, no evidence. So from July until January, what is that, six months? You have the national security bureaucracy, which has, as you know, enormous tools at its disposal for investigating these things. And it's been investigating it aggressively, one would assume, or as aggressively as one can within the confines of the law. You, uh, hard for me to believe that Obama and... Uh, 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 and his Department of Justice and his CIA are not wouldn't want to get to the bottom of this, right? Um, and there was nothing. So from that moment, from that moment, this whole thing should have looked suspect to everybody, but it didn't. They'd keep building on it and building on it and building on it. Now we're now we're a year into this thing, and no evidence of collusion has been. No evidence of collusion has been. Produced. So I actually completely disagree. I'm actually completely disagree with the whole way you've described all of this. But mm. but on that, I am on that particular point. I think there's a great deal of evidence of collusion, and a lot of it is just out there in public, and people just keep saying that there's no, no evidence. No of evidence of collusion that was produced. That you, 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 what, uh, we already said, you know, you're going you're gonna to say, what is evidence of collusion? Trump said, release the emails to Putin, right? Which happened before our eyes. Is that well, what you're going to say? Well, so I think that's, that's a, a part of it. Trump said, I have nothing to do with Russia. And there's no Russian contacts with my campaign. Since he said that, we have learned of repeated interactions between uh, Russian uh, cutouts, operatives, uh, representatives, uh, and members of the Trump campaign in their capacity as members of the Trump campaign. We have, including the president's son, there's his no campaign evidence, manager. There's been no serious evidence of the major, the major claim which brought about the, the, the Mueller probe, which is that there was some kind of quid pro quo. There was a crime. There was an agreement. There was a backdoor deal between Putin, uh, Putin and Trump. And the, the, there's very little that we have learned of significance as a result of all of this investigation, right? So, so I, of, I actually don't agree with that at all. Among other things, we've learned that the National Security Advisor of the United States lied to the FBI about his interactions with Russia. We... <laughs> um, <laughs> We've learned. All right, we need to. We need before we jump. Before let's 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 follow the history on a little bit, okay? Because that's the most absurd thing in the world. It they, is. They, oh, totally, uh, totally. Because let, let me just ask you this: um, How concerned are you about the Logan Act? When you when you hear that there was an investigation of the Trump campaign by the FBI going on. In the, la in the final days of the Obama administration, right? Because they were, the, the Obama administration was in, living in fear that there were violations of the Logan Act going on. Doesn't, don't alarm bells go off for you? Yeah. The, Logan, so I, the Logan Act so I'm not is, a, is a legal pretext. Yeah, I'm not remotely concerned about the Logan Act, but I don't think this was about the Logan Act. I think this was about a, uh, a pattern of contacts and attempts by Russian intelligence to penetrate the Trump campaign uh, that were done over a protracted period of time, and then a series of meetings and contacts, including by senior officials, who 
were functioning as unregistered foreign agents and then did not tell the truth about the matter when confronted about it. Wait, but the, and but I the, think but that, the, but the, the lying, the, 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 the lying to FBI, right, was about the Kislyak conversation, right? Correct. So this is not some kind of shadowy counterintelligence. This is the Russian ambassador, right? Yeah. Right? So, so the Russian ambassador, and presumably, almost certainly, the content of that conversation between Kislyak and Flynn was fully known to the FBI on the basis of an uh, of an NSA intercept of Kislyak's phone, right? So, but Mike, I'm, wait, wait, I, is that true? Did, did you understand? Is that what you assume? I, I assume that the contacts of that that the substance of that communication was known to the FBI, although they have not said that. But 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 this is a, so. This is what we're understanding is that they have a transcript of Flynn's conversation. They went to Flynn three or four days after he's after Trump takes office, right? And Flynn tells them something that's not true. Correct. Right? Yeah. Right. Um, and and what's what on earth is wrong with that? What is what on earth is wrong with what? Within the context of investigating this bizarre series of interactions between the Trump campaign, well, Trump world, well, and the Russians that in the context of that, you have coverage of the Russian ambassador, assuming we did, uh, and that you then ask about it. So, uh, and expect nothing, a truthful answer. There, no, there's nothing wrong with asking about it, and Flynn shouldn't have lied about it. In my opinion, Flynn shouldn't have even taken the meeting, right? But, but he took the meeting, and he, and he apparently lied about it. But he lied about, he lied about f f first of all, I want to know, I want to know what the basis of the investigation was. What is it that, were the, that they were investigating at that moment and came to him and asked him about that conversation, right? I, wa I, I want to know. It's important to me. I want to know to what degree the Logan Act was the legal umbrella under which they were, they, they were operating. Because anything to do with the Logan Act, right? The, the minute you say we're taking action because we're concerned about the Logan Act, that is already an admission that you're carrying out a, uh, you're using law enforcement for political purposes because it's a bogus pretext, right? No, number one. Number two, number two, this was an innocuous conversation with Kislyak. There was no, there's no quid pro quo. There's no, the, the whole idea that there was some kind of serious crime. This was, this was Flynn engaging in the, in, in, engaging in the activities of the N National Security Advisor, and he decided to stonewall the FBI and tell them a lie to get, to, to get rid of them. But there's nothing more nefarious than that. He told the FBI a lie, but it doesn't prove collusion with Russia. Okay, but Mike, I, I guess we're, we're... It's the criminalization of politics and foreign policy. So when I look at this situation, I see a pattern of activity involving the Trump world, including very publicly the president himself, including his business, which is, you know, we now learn is planning Trump Tower in Moscow, although that doesn't come to fruition. We see repeated covert attempts by Russian cutouts to contact some successful, some unsuccessful, uh, the campaign in a fashion that I think is genuinely unusual. Uh, and we have a Russian decision. Can I, can to, I stop you there? Well, hang on. Yeah. Let me let me finish. A Russian decision to release large volume of stolen emails in the midst of the campaign for the benefit, uh, having told the campaign that they uh, they were going to support as the Russian government Trump's uh, uh, campaign for president. Um, you look at this pattern of activity and you see isolated, irrelevant, non-collusive lies to the FBI. And the thing that outrages you is Chris Steele. And my question is, why does the pattern of Russian interaction with the Trump world not alarm you? What, what would it take revelation-wise for you to say, wait a minute, there was a serious counterintelligence problem. A foreign intelligence agency, what, from a power that you're 
anxious about and that you uh, are relying on red state wisdom to prevent the president from exhibiting uh, instincts that you don't share toward, uh, is actively seeking to penetrate the campaign, is probing it over and over again, is intervening in, you know, stealing uh, large volumes of emails and releasing them in a fashion that that is designed to uh, advantage this campaign and is telling the campaign that it is doing it in an effort to help the campaign. And by the way, the campaign, people associated with the campaign are then lying to the FBI in its efforts to investigate. Why is this not an, um, an alarming thing? And why is the thing that you're gravitating onto in this pattern Chris Steele? Okay, um, for a couple of reasons. First of all, let's, let me take it point by point because you raised a lot of things in one question. Were you alarmed when Barack Obama told Mitt Romney that that the 1980s have called and they want their foreign policy back? When Mitt Romney said, I'm talking about in the 2012 election, when Mitt Romney said that the greatest geostrategic threat was Russia, and Obama rolled his eyes and the entire press corps rolled their eyes at Romney along, along with him. And at, at the same moment, when the Obama campaign was at the exact same moment was attributing the attack on Americans in Benghazi to an internet video that nobody had, had ever seen and denying that there was any Al-Qaeda connection to that ta attack or any, any planning whatsoever by a hostile jihadi organization. Were you alarmed when Russia made a major muscle movement in Syria directly related to the Iranian nuclear deal that Barack Obama had bent over backwards to achieve. Uh, and, and Obama turned around and said, oh, I think that Putin has got himself into a quagmire and there's nothing to worry about there. I mean, I, what I'm trying to say is that the Obama administration came in under the, uh, uh, and launched a Russia reset, claimed that the Bush administration had totally screwed up relations with Putin, whom we could work with worked with him, bent over backwards to work with him, handed Syria to him, did nothing to, uh, did nothing to foil him in Syria, did nothing, uh, nearly nothing, when Putin, uh, when Putin intervened in Ukraine, right? All of this went by, and every time a Republican raised their, raised their hand and said, we need to give lethal assistance to the Ukrainians, we need to, we need to push back against the Russians in Syria, we got the eye roll, the collective eye roll uh, of the left. Right, and then we have also at the running up to the 2012 election, we have the hot mic episode, where where Obama uh, is talking to Medvedev and says, you know, tell Vlad that I can't be as flexible right now because I'm up for re-election, but after the election I'll be really flexible, right? Did, did should 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 Comey have launched a uh, a counterintelligence investigation into into collusion between uh, uh, between Obama and uh, uh, between Obama and Medvedev on the basis of that conversation. And you know what? Uh, last night I just tweeted uh, a story I had forgotten about, about the Obama administration actually taking Kislyak, the evil Kislyak whom Flynn had the uh, audacity to talk to about, about sanctions. They took Kislyak and they put him in front of senators when they were selling the Iran nuclear deal so that he could say to them, if, if you don't if you don't vote in favor of the uh, of the nuclear deal, then you're going to have a big problem with Russia. So they mobilized Kislyak on their uh, on their behalf when they were s when they were putting him Kislyak in front of senators to sell the Iran nuclear deal. Should the FBI have investigated the the, the president and and his nefarious relationship with Kislyak? I mean, a lot of this is just politics. As, as all of this that you're describing, this nefarious pattern that you've seen is a nefarious pattern that we've been looking at for the last eight years before that. But Mike, wait, 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 I want to go point by point. Okay, okay. go ahead. You can, we, can, we can argue about this one, but I got other ones that I want to talk I, about. I mean, I just would say that none of those incidents that you describe involve a foreign intelligence agency penetrating a U.S. presidential campaign or releasing hundreds of thousands of emails. We were talking about... 
This investigation brought down the nationals, the sitting national security advisor of the Trump administration. And it, was, and it brought him down on the basis of a lie that he told to the FBI about a totally innocuous thing. He told, he told them about something that they, uh, about information that they had in front of them on the basis of an intercept. Right? This is not, it's not like, it's not like he had uh, hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars in his freezer, which he'd been handed by Kislyak, and he lied about that. That would, you ask me where my red line is? That would bother me. He, he made a, a, an absolute innocuous lie of the kind that people in the workplace and in, and in government make all the time. Do you think that Hillary Clinton told the full truth about the, uh, to the FBI about her emails when she was being investigated? So, so, was, so, she even, was she even investigated under oath? But why are when you... Was she, was she investigated under oath? But why are you... Dis- By the way, most FBI... In- Interviews are not under oath. It's a crime to lie to the so FBI. Lie, crime to lie to the FBI. Okay, so, fine, so, fine, so fine. The, the, but let me ask you something. But, but, Do you but, think that she told the whole truth? So for, first of all, I have... Do you assume? I'm done, no, I, 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 I don't assume. I assume that the FBI conducts an investigation in good faith unless I see evidence otherwise. And I'm... I have not seen any evidence that the Clinton email investigation was not conducted in good faith. Do you do you agree that a crime was committed when that when someone committed a crime when top secret information found its way on to Hillary Clinton's non uh, 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 non secure email system? No, actually, I don't. Um, I think that the um, I, I think a, a very significant security breach took place, but uh, very few such security breaches are treated as criminal matters. And the what F- happened when how and come, the FBI come, and and the Justice Department what, what happened to, what, simply does not prosecute what, those cases what, what, what on the basis to, of carelessness. So, so carelessness. So look, what happened to General Petraeus? Was but, he not, what, so what, 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 General Petraeus? Handed, and I'm, I, I, I want to be careful how I say this because I don't want to say something about him that, that, that isn't true. My recollection of the indictment is that he handed his mistress notebook, his notebooks and said, be careful what you do with this. There's code word classified stuff in here. That reflects a level of knowledge and intent uh, that simply is not you present cannot, in the if Clinton, you, if you in the worked Clinton in that, No, if you worked in... If you worked in the government, anyone, I haven't talked to anyone, Republican or Democrat, who worked in the government, who's had a top secret SCI clearance, who hasn't been outraged by what Hillary Clinton did. Wait, because, because that you information doesn't, you didn't ask me if I was outraged by it. No, no, because, because information, anyone who's worked in this realm knows that information doesn't move from the classified system to the unclassified system. On that volume, by pure carelessness, Mike, you didn't somebody ask consciously, me. You somebody, didn't a, you didn't somebody ask me if I was outraged stripped, by it. Somebody consciously stripped messages. You have to take it off of one system and put it on another. It's a conscious act, the same as the same as handing your mistress a, a, a code word classroom. By the way, she had a she had a top secret clearance as well, right? So we're talking about information from one person to another. Right and uh, who he assumed would would uh, who he assumed would uh, would keep the secret. Mike, what does this have to do with the question of how alarmed we should or shouldn't be by a pattern of Russian intelligence efforts I'm, to penetrate the Trump campaign? Because no, we're not, you, you're saying a pattern of effort. Uh, you you have you have said there's this pattern of effort uh, of a pattern of trying to penetrate the Trump campaign. I'm talking to you about how they brought down the national security advisor of a sitting president and created the impression in the public mind for people who are not following this as closely as you as you and I are of some kind of really nefarious connection between General Flynn and the Russians some kind of nefarious connection which has never ever been proven but the impression has been created and my and and what, what I am concerned about is the vast power that our that our law enforcement and intelligence have, the vast information gathering capabilities they have, and their use of the, those capabilities to undermine an election. 
right? That is a that is a huge scandal, much bigger than much bigger than anything that General Flynn might have. Uh, much bigger than he didn't do anything with Kislyak. That's the whole point. He lied about nothing, and 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 his life has been ruined as a result. I'm saying that this is a politically motivated prosecution. And there are people who have made lies that are much more egregious than General Flynn's lies, and they skated. Okay, I want to turn to your attitude toward the current investigation uh, and the way it developed, uh, and also your sense of what should happen now. Um, so I want to talk to you about a particular leak, which, is, which outraged me the day I saw it, I can tell you what day that was. It was January 12th. I know which leak you're talking about. Yeah. That leak, to me... Walk, walk us through what happened. That is a leak from a senior uh, White House official, I believe was the way... It, it's a leak to David Ignatius of the Washington Post of the Flynn-Kislyak conversation, about the Flynn-Kislyak conversation, right? Saying that... Some senior Obama official, I believe, uh, I'd have to go back and read it, I think Ignatius identified it as a senior White House official, told him that Flynn and Kislyak had a conversation on whatever day and that the administration was very concerned that it was a violation of the Logan Act and they were very concerned that it was, they were very concerned that there was a nefarious Trump-Russia collusion going on on the basis of that, of, that, of, of that conversation. Now, three things. Number one, that is not a normal leak of the kind that Correct. we, right? That was a leak with an intent to create an impression, right? The, it was a leak in support of a lie. There was no, we know, there was no nefarious collusion between Flynn and Kislyak, right? That oh, was, I, I, I that don't was, know that. I know he hasn't been indicted for one. Okay, um, but, I'm, but, I'm, but, I'm, but I'm not. I'm willing to make. I'm going to bet you one hundred dollars, right now. I'll tell you what. I'll give you for two hundred and fifty dollars. Let's bet two hundred fifty dollars. Oh, last of the big that, spenders. That here. we never, that we will never learn. We will never learn of a uh, some kind of serious collusion between Flynn and Kislyak. So I'm actually not going to take that bet, not not because uh, you know for the, for the simple reason that I don't actually know what the truth is, and I and and I but I and I don't I don't want to know some things. You do you you do know a few things. You know that number one that we were told by somebody who saw who saw the who saw the top secret transcript or at least gist of that conversation. What happened? Right, and we know that they leaked it, and they leaked it in support of, of of a lie. So that is two things, right? It is number one, a crime. Yes. Right, and absolutely a crime. Has anybody been investigated, to your knowledge, for that crime? Uh, so I assume there has been an investigation. Wait, do you know for a fact that there's been an investigation? No. Why do you assume there's been one? I assume it because it's precisely the sort of leak that would normally produce a crimes report, and I would be stunned if the originating agency of that intercept, which I assume would have been, depending on where Kislyak was at the time, would have been either NSA or FBI. How come we haven't, how come we haven't got to the bottom of it? So here's, here's a, for, l l let me say that, that I have no truck for whoever leaked that. And, and if that leak produces a criminal prosecution, you will not see me crying foul. Um, I, I don't believe. No, but what? And by wait, the way, wait, I have. I have. Hang on. Let, let, let me answer your question, yeah, okay, Mike. Yeah. Um, you will not see me arguing that there is anything inappropriate about that prosecution. And in fact, I have two reasons that are independent of one another to be very upset by that leak. One is, uh, you know, a national security reason. FISA wiretap acquisitions should absolutely never leak, full stop. The second is a civil liberties reason. I, you know, totally agree. Um, you know, General Flynn is a U.S. person, and we have the FISA to protect U.S. people against U.S. persons against um, political spying. And while I don't believe there was any reason, any 
I have no reason to believe that was political spying. It was certainly political leaking of, of intelligence. And that's a, that's a dirty business. And it's exactly why we have civil liberties laws like the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. And I, you know, we've gone through a lot of years without seeing that sort of thing happen. And I don't approve of it. And if somebody gets prosecuted for it, that's fine with me. That said, most leaks, including leaks of highly classified material, do not produce criminal prosecutions. And the reason is not that the FBI is political. And the reason is not that the Justice Department is political. The reason is that leak investigations are particularly hard because we have this uh, very strong norm against uh, subpoenaing journalists and finding out uh, all their metadata to know who they've been talking to. And so these are very difficult investigations to conduct. I will be the last person to say this is not an... It, Do you think if we had Judy Miller here, she would agree with you? Uh, I think Judy Miller uh, was involved in a very unusual example that cuts in the other direction. The overwhelming norm is in the direction James that Rosen? Uh, the, the, look, the, it, it's the not, fact of the matter it's is, not there's that a, it, there's, I agree with everything that you said about that leak, right? But I want to add but the two points you made. One, leaking classified information is a crime, and, yep. it, and, 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 it sh and, and it should be investigated and prosecuted to the full extent of the law. Number two, it was a terrible breach of General Flynn's civil liberties. Whatever you think of General Flynn, whatever he might have done wrong in other areas, right? That was a, I agree a, with right. you. Number three, and this is the thing that, that disturbs me the most, and this is the, the substance of the disagreement between you and me, is the lie that it was in support of. It was in support of an information campaign launched by the Obama administration to present Trump as Putin's puppet. That's what the, that's what the leak is all about. And it created this widespread public uh, perception of gross misdeeds on the part of the Trump administration that were not backed up by any factual case that the, that the, justice, that the, that the justice system has ever produced to the American people. Right? I have every reason to believe that that was a lie designed to damage the president by, the, by, by elements in the, department of, uh, in, in the Obama administration and in the, and in the Department of Justice who opposed Trump. That's why it should be prosecuted. And if, if a team of investigators was sicked on David Ignatius and whoever leaked that to, to him, and they could find out very quickly who it was, I believe, or I, I suspect that, you know, that they could find out quickly who, who it was. And they put the screws to Ignatius and the guy who leaked it the way they did to General Flynn on the basis of a completely inconsequential lie, we would get to the bottom of that crime. But that is not happening. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe the wheels of justice are turning very slowly in some recess of the government that you and I know nothing about. But to our knowledge... That is not being investigated, and that is, that is the one that should be of much greater concern to us than anything Flynn ever said to Kislyak. So, so in your view, this long pattern that so disturbs me of interactions between the intelligence of services of the Russian Federation and the Trump campaign and its operatives is a, is a minor set of blips. Uh, the Steele dossier is, is, looms very, very large, and, um, and this leak um, looms very large. How should we understand federal law enforcement? I mean, we have an FBI investigation that you are really not eager to give the benefit of the doubt to on anything. We then remove the FBI director, replace him with one of the president's choosing, the world still hasn't gone your way uh, on these questions. We have an attorney general and a deputy attorney general uh, the president is very dissatisfied with for different reasons, I suppose. And we have a special counsel who used to run the FBI. How should we understand the role that all these people are playing? Is it all corrupt? Is it all part of a Hillary Clinton no, 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 no. It's how, not how do a, we understand a, it? No, it's not a. It, it isn't. A, it isn't a conspiracy, in the sense that somebody back in July sat down and sat down and planned this thing out in this way. 
Um, I would I would call I would say that I think the my interpretation until uh, my my working hypothesis about text from Peter Stroke to Lisa Page about an insurance policy is that they launched an investigation of Trump as an insurance policy against against Trump something to hold over him and to use to leak to leak on when it in order to validate bogus stories about collusion right by by creating the sense that there was this that there was a, a lot of information a lot of secret information that our national security bureaucracy had about Trump Putin collusion but wasn't at liberty to d to disclose right and they've been playing this game all along and they continue to play it now that hand pretending to have information or winking and nodding about having information on the one hand saying oh I'm sorry the rules of classification don't allow me to talk about this but I am investigating it right we don't know exactly what the FBI has but they've confirmed our sources tell us that 75% of the of the dossier is has been validated right that's 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 saying on the one hand I can't talk about it but I'm talking about it John Brennan played this game right all along the way they played it now different actors are playing that card for different reasons James Comey played that card and that's why Trump fired him now why did James Comey play that card to hold on to his job and probably to I don't believe by the way I don't, I don't believe that James Comey was consciously trying to bring Trump down at all I believe that Peter Stroke wanted to do that right or that I, I, it wouldn't surprise me to find out that Peter Stroke had such ideas. Possibly McCabe. Possibly. We don't know. We're going to find out at some point. Comey, Comey's a guy in an extremely difficult situation, right? He's got to launch this email investigation of Hillary Clinton in the middle of an election when, in all the context that you, that you described. He's, as you know, uh, better than I. The FBI is a very tribal place. He cares about the FBI cares about the reputation of the FBI. He probably cares, he probably is a man of principle, he probably cares to a certain extent about rule of law and things like that. But in these upper reaches, he's being, he's being whipsawed by the, political, by, by the political winds, right? And so my, my guess is that, that after Hillary, the team Hillary started, started beating on him, he threw him a bone and said, a couple ways he threw him a bone. One, he put together a, a team that would investigate her emails that was the most the, the most sympathetic team to her possible in order to in order to Do you think he did that her? consciously? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you think at the point at which he gets It's like a law firm. When you when you run a law firm, right? You a big law firm. You a, a big communications firm. This is standard operating procedure, right? You have you put a lot of you put some republic even if it's mainly a democratic firm you have a number of republicans on your team so if if some if 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 a client comes in who has strong republican sympathies you take your republican and you give him the the, the, the republican in order to put him at ease in order to bring in business because in the end what you want is the business more than the more than the political cause so i think he had a little cell i think he had a little cell of democratic sympathizers as opposed to your New York field office, which is probably the opposite. Either, either hard-nosed gumshoes who just don't like the way the thing is going, or they may actually have political, uh, uh, political sympathies. He put together a little sympathetic cell, um, and that sympathetic cell was in communications with lots of people around that Comey probably didn't even know about. That's the way I imagine it. I'm, this, is, this, is how, this is my working hypothesis until I get more information. You seem very confident of a lot of your working hypotheses. I mean, my attitude toward a lot of this stuff is I, I give our investigative agencies the benefit of the doubt uh, that things were done according to the regular order until I see evidence that they're not. I think there's a lot of suspicious stuff about the Trump-Russia connections that warrants investigation. And I'm decidedly I'm not you know taking your bet for example about what we're going to find out about because I'm going to win that bet because I want actually to let the investigation play out and find out what we find out you seem to have very strong priors about 
how the investigation got started, about what it's going to find, what what is the tr what's the underlying truth, uh, and about what individual the, people's the motives saw, were the minute, within. Hang on, within within the government. And my question is, why are you so confident that you know what's going on here? Um, well, I have working hypotheses. Like I said, I do, do I have do I know James Comey? You know, you know James Comey personally. I assume I don't know him. Uh, I, I, I'm just going on the basis of the information that I've read um, and the information that I have, and I built up a picture in my mind of what I think the most plausible hypotheses are. Um, and then I have modified the picture as more information has, has come to light. How should we understand Rod Rosenstein? Uh... My, Sessions is irrelevant well, to this, but, but Sessions, well, yeah, well, from moment one, though, one of the from moment one after the elect after the the uh, after the election, once the once the Obama administration launched an information campaign against Trump on the basis of of the of the collusion. Uh, issue and that that is a campaign that was launched. That's a, when I saw that January twelfth leak to Ignatius. For me, that was a fingerprint at a crime scene, right? That was not. It's not a normal leak. It's a leak in support of a campaign that was uh, 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 that that was going on. There are lots of other elements of the campaign. We don't need to get into all of it. Um, from moment one, when that campaign was launched, they were calling for Sessions to recuse himself, right? So that was a goal of the campaign. Another, another, another achievement that, that they got. Rosenstein, I don't have a great sense. My working guess is that, look, and this is one of the things that, very, that disturbs me, Washington, D.C. is a democratic town, right? 96% of Washington is pro, is, uh, is, is, uh, was pro-Hillary. 99% of Washington was anti-Trump, right? You cannot, um, you cannot work in this town and have pro-Trump feelings and not feel it socially in very awkward ways. Friends that you had don't invite you to dinner anymore. Your wife doesn't get invited to, uh, to her friends anymore because her husband is, uh, her husband is, is pro-Trump, right? The, the, what I'm trying to say is that sociologically speaking, the sense that we have to stop this guy, this guy is a threat to the republic, is very, very strong. I would be shocked if when, I, I don't know Rod Rosenstein, I don't know him from Adam, but I would be shocked that, to find out that when he took that job, and especially when he wrote the letter firing Comey, or justifying the, 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 the firing of Comey, that he didn't come under enormous pressure inside his bureaucracy, socially, in every other way, right? To prove that he, to prove to everybody that he, that, that, that he is not the, 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 the dirty agent of the, uh, of the evil emperor that he's being depicted as. So you're describing Comey as perhaps well-meaning, but ultimately corrupt, as in, he puts together a, 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 a liberal or a democratic-leaning team. I don't think that's corrupt. I you don't think, think that's, that's corrupt? I think I it's corrupt. I think that's standard operating procedure. No, no, not at all. That, that for a guy in his situation during the, during the election, look, here's, here's the thing. I, I, I was actually sympathetic. I, I believe that Hillary Clinton committed crimes. I believe that her team committed crimes. And I believe that the FBI... I'm talking about with the emails, and uh, and and I believe that the FBI um, purposely Co cooked an investigation to avoid bringing a case. Yes, that's right? corrupt. Wait, wait, wait! No, no. I, but I was sympathetic to. I believe that at the time, but I was sympathetic to Comey when he did it because here's because it goes back to that issue of are you behaving ethically and are you behaving in a way that appears to be ethical? If if in the middle of this if in the middle of this very vituperative controversial campaign Comey had indicted Comey had indicted Clinton half the population more than half the population what was the you know what percentage of the electorate voted for Hillary 50 plus 
53, I think. 53, okay. 53. She, she won by th- a popular vote by so 3%. So 53% of the population would have said that the FBI through the election. Uh, Hillary's saying it now, right? Which is ridiculous, right? But but 53% of the population would have said that the FBI threw the election for Trump. Comey, who's a Republican, isn't he a registered Republican or am I wrong? Or is he, he used to be. Used he's, to be. All right. a, so Comey, the Republican, threw the election. I had enormous sympathy for him. I, like, if you're... there, because Okay, but you're, because but you're, you describe, to, you're describing decisions not made on the merits. Yes. And you're describing in Rod Rosenstein's case... Uh, social pressure leading to decisions not being look, made on the no, merits. Look, we're in a very difficult, we're in a very weird, when you get to the higher reaches of government and you have to make these kind of decisions, there's, you can come up with j- legal justifications for what you do, right? But you, you, you it, 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 we're all human beings and we're all under pressure. If you know, if you know that, that if you make a certain decision and you come home and your wife is going to divorce you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to create a mental state in which you're going to go for one legal st- uh, uh, decision over another. I'm not going to say that it was absolutely conscious on the part of Rod Rosenstein. To s- Look, we're, we're talking about this, this whole thing about my relations with the, with, with the never-Trumpers, right? I was amazed. That I, 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 people that I respect who are historians I respect saying that Trump represents an, uh, an unprecedented threat to the republic – I found that outrageous. I found it outrageous, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't for a second say that they didn't actually believe it, right? Let's just assume that all these people actually believe, and they probably believed as well that he was in some kind of deep collusion with the, with, with the Russians. I think it's totally delusional, all of it, totally delusional. But if you actually believe those things, then you don't see yourself as corrupt when you make decisions like this. What about Bob Mueller? Bob Mueller, harder, harder for me to read. Um, I, I, it's unfortunate. One of the reasons I don't like special counsels is that special counsels always find a prosecution. These guys never go in. You know, Patrick Fitzgerald, the day, the day Fat Patrick Fitzgerald started his job as special, uh, as special counsel, he learned that no crime had been committed. Remember, I mean, we're talking about the Valerie Plame uh, uh, affair, where supposedly the Bush White House had uh, had outed uh, a, a, an undercover CIA agent, and so we had to have Patrick Fitzgerald go and investigate this. And on day he, one, he found out that a she wasn't undercover, so she hadn't been outed. Right? He could have, he should have packed it up on day one and said, "Nothing to see here. All done." But what? He went and he got a scalp, and he got Scooter Libby's scalp. And Scooter Libby wasn't even the person who leaked the identity of Valerie Plame to the, was it to the Washington Post? I can't remember who it was to. The, it was to uh, Evans. It was to Novak. Bob Novak. Novak, yeah. yeah. I, I, Evans and Novak, I always, they're, they're one person to me. It was, where was Novak? Washington Post? Yeah. Yeah. So to, to Novak, right? But he had to get his scalp. These guys are bulldogs, right? If they don't come, if they don't come away from the from the job with blood dripping from their teeth they don't feel like they've done their job so that's that's one of the things going on and i think that the same kind of forces that are operating on rosenstein are operating on Mueller. but then i would add probably other i'm, I'm making all this up I, but but you asked me what i'm imagining how why would i imagine that people would not do the right thing as i understand it in these circumstances he's probably good friends with comey he probably thinks that trump they're not good friends. They're not good friends. No. Oh. So but this is a common myth. Okay. Um, they're he cor- cordial professional acquaintances. Cordial. Who've worked okay. Together. He he probably he probably thinks that the uh, that Trump is tarnishing the uh, tarnishing the uh, image of the FBI, which he cares deeply about. You know, I can come up with lots of reasons. He may. Who knows? He may. Be, he may be operating in the same mental space you are. That there's this this very disturbing pattern that he wants to get to the bottom of. Right, and not the disturbing pattern that I see. So, I'm, so if you were this isn't I don't I don't I don't actually know what's going on with Comey, but I don't see any suggestion that Comey is looking at uh, at the full picture. For Mo- example, you mean Mueller? Oh yeah, sorry, Mueller. I meant Mueller. Yeah, I don't see any uh, I don't see any suggestion that Mueller is looking at the full picture as I understand it. 
we know for a fact that the Russians inject direct that the that, that Russian intelligence directly injected disinformation into the campaign and got it into the national security bureaucracy by means of the 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 steel dossier I don't see him investigating that one more question and then we should probably wrap up if you were advising the president given everything you believe what would you tell him to do how how would you tell him advise him to handle this situation Advise him to handle this situation. I mean, should he I, should he fire Mueller or should he remove I the, the the Justice Department leadership? Emotionally, I want him to fire Mueller and Rosenstein. Um, ethically, I mean, or, or let's just say morally, I believe he has every justification for doing so. Politically, I think it would be a misstep. When's the right time to do it? I'm not sure. If they drag this thing out, the goal, the goal is to drag this thing out. The goal of the Democrats is what they would like to see this thing go on through the, through the 2018 elections. Um, and then they would like to, on the basis of whatever Mueller, uh, whatever Mueller discovers, they'd like to have impeachment in 2018. That's what I believe the political goal is. The question is, to what extent does Mueller want to play ball with the Democrats on that? Is he willing to wrap this thing up, you know, in the next two or three months? Or is he going to string it out well into the 2018 elections? And the, Trump has to make a political calculation. At what, point, um, at what point do I take the hit, you know, the same hit that I took for Comey, I'm going to be accused of obstructing justice. Um, and to, to what extent do I let this thing go on? And that's, uh, I, I can't, I'm not, the, Trump is a better politician than I am. Uh, he'll, he'll make that calculation. Mike Duran. Thanks so much for joining us. This was uh, eye-opening. <laughs> Thank you for having me. The Lawfare Podcast is produced in cooperation with the Brookings Institution. Thanks this week to Mike Duran for coming back to Brookings to have this conversation. If you haven't already tweeted about the Lawfare Podcast or shared it on Facebook, please do so. And if you haven't left us yet a rating on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever podcast distribution service you use, please get on that. Our music is, of course performed by the one, the only, the Sophia Yan. And as always, thanks for listening.